Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So, Deep, I know you were you grew up in the UK, but did you grow up in the suburbs or the city? Um, so I live in Bradford, which is technically a city. Uh, it's not a very very busy city. Um, so we have that nice balance between city and suburb. Um, so I grew up in Brooklyn mostly, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you guys watched the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You guys like the nineties? Yes, love that show. Obviously, yep. One of my favorite shows. So, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, he goes off and lives with his uncle, rich uncle. So every summer, I would go off and live with my rich uncle in Toronto. Uh, oh, really? So all of my, basically, my teens, even like before my teens, my parents would send me to Toronto. So I would, I grew up in like, I guess, quote unquote, the hood in Brooklyn. And then every for the summer, I would always be in like posh Toronto. So it was always interesting. And Nisha, now you're in Albany, but you're but you grew up in New York. So I grew up near New York City. And that was always interesting because whenever people would ask me, Oh, where's Poughkeepsie? I would kind of say that small town no one cares about. You know, you go to either New York City or Albany, no one goes to Poughkeepsie. But if I had to describe it in one word, it would be very bland. Very bland. Um, there was maybe one mall uh, school district would consist of 300 kids and that's just not even in a like a, that's in a single grade coming to Albany it's like every person's perception of Albany is city which isn't technically true it's like that good like Debo was talking about it's like that good balance between city and suburb which is kind of nice I actually visited up to upstate New York while I was there and I went to um into the Catskills and oh, did you? I did and I, I I couldn't get an Uber anywhere and <laughs> I I didn't drive so I had didn't have a car and I couldn't get anywhere so that was a bit frustrating. <laughs> did you enjoy <laughs> Did you enjoy anything about the Catskills because I I lived quite near there. Yep. Yeah, no, I loved the scenery and it was great for a weekend and we got a cabin out there with a fire pit. So it was lovely to get away from the busy, busy city. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did miss a few things. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and Notion grew up in New York, but you grew up in the like real suburbs of New York. Right? So it's Suffolk County, Long Island, right? Yeah, and I mean, similar to where Poughkeepsie Falls, Nassau and, and Suffolk County in Long Island are part of the metro area. So a lot of people that live out here go to the city a lot, like for work. Um, like I've commuted a lot for work in the city and it it's like a whole other world. Like almost, it feels like half of Long Island commutes to the city for work so and comes comes back. Yeah, so so it, it it's very intertwined with the city and it makes sense because New York is such a lively, like vibrant hub of the entire state um, that draws from all over. But like as a kid, I, I would go to the city almost every weekend um, with, with my parents. They, they would drive out to either like Jackson Heights or, or Flushing or Elmhurst area um, to do groceries because out here there aren't that many Desi Bajars. And if there are, 
it's very limited in selection. Um, and also like we used to live there. And so we, we still were very tied to our neighbors there and most of my family there. So I don't know, it was like a weird in between where it felt when, like I was spending half my week in suburbia and the other half in the city. Where in Queens did you live? Jackson Heights? Um, in Elmer's, like right, right by um, Jackson Heights mm-hmm. area. Yeah. How long is that from from Long Island into the city? Yeah, so by car, it's 40 minutes. I didn't mind that because growing up, I would just do all my homework in the car. Mm-hmm. Actually, doing reading and doing homework in the car is probably the, the place where I, I can focus the most because I'm just so like wired to it. Um, but if you go by train, it's like an hour and a half. Like, oh. if you take way too yeah um so the train is a little lengthier but it's definitely it's definitely more relaxing when you don't have traffic and are are not the one driving yeah i'm trying to think have i i think i have not not in the past year in the past when i visited new york i, I think i've been on it okay yeah i yeah. i think one of the biggest differences i i feel when when i'm in the city versus when i'm not as a kid is I don't feel like I have the freedom in suburbia to go where I want to because I would need a car. So if, if I didn't have a driver's license, if I didn't have a car, um, I couldn't get anywhere. I can't just hop on a subway. And it also made, like, you know, when you're a kid and you, like, lie to your parents about where you're going, it made lying about that so much harder because yeah. it's not just go on a subway and then, you know, like, go wherever I want. The whole city is mine. So when did you first get a car? I, I still don't have a car. I, I, I drive around my family car, yeah. uh, but I, I got I got my license at, got my permit at 16. Wow. Um, that's, wow. Kind of, that's, that's pretty much a common thing in high school, almost all my friends' licenses. But I'm, I'm still shocked at the number of city folk who like don't have licenses. But frankly, like you don't need, you don't need a car to get around. So mm-hmm. I see why. Yeah. Yeah, I got my permit, I think, at 19, but I really didn't start driving until maybe like 20. But it wasn't even driving a lot. But it's, yeah, it's such a pain having a car in Manhattan, in New York, in the city, just parking, constant tickets. Um, yeah, it's such a pain. People who take their driving tests in Brooklyn or Queens, like, I feel sorry for you guys. Because it's, like, parallel parking is so difficult in the city. And actually, that's the only place you need it. I've never parallel in the suburbs. Like, yeah. we have a driveway, we have, like, parking lanes like we don't need that so it's it's kind of funny the stuff that they test us on i'm afraid to ask nisha do you have your permit um it's it's crazy that you ask that because i am bengali and my parents assume that me getting my permit will instantaneously think that i'm leaving the country and fleeing them forever (laughs) (laughs) so no i do not have my permit but it's funny that you mentioned driving in new york city because you guys uh agree or disagree that new york city folks have an attitude that they develop over time yeah do you living in new york city drivers yeah yeah absolutely you notice it when you go drive south they're so polite i go to atlanta a lot and i drive and they're like people just always let you go and like they stop they not like i've tested it out where i'm just like i stop and i'm like waiting to see if anybody honks and nobody's honking in new york you literally give somebody half a second extra if you're stopped and they'll honk like in the south nobody honks it's really interesting okay i gotta say i thought new york was bad until i moved to boston for school and Boston drivers are actually the worst because none really? of the streets are none of the streets are in a grid. Um, 
So it's super messy. People are really aggressive to the point where they have their own name called mass holes for like Massachusetts drivers who are literally the biggest assholes. I've visited Boston so many times and never noticed that. <laughs> you don't notice it until you're actually driving through the streets and you're like, holy crap, these streets are much narrower because the city is so much older and that uh-huh. makes the experience that much worse. Are, is it like New York City where there's people always on the road or is it is there times where it's like more hectic than others? No, it's, it's less dense than New York, so you think it would be better, but I think it's just you know, like the attitude is definitely <laughs> in New York and the streets are much narrower, which does not help. Oh, yeah, and one thing I really miss about my old neighborhood growing up is like the corner bodegas, like the little corner stores. I think that's one thing that you guys miss out on in the suburbs, just like the little corner, just walk down, get candy, chips. You, you guys didn't have that, right? Yeah, I mean, I would... Go to the CVS or 7-Eleven. Like, that's my definition of the bodega. They're so numerous out, out in the suburbs. But, yeah, definitely no bodegas. Yeah. Do they have bodegas in, in the UK, Diva? Yeah, they do. We have a lot of, um, like, local little shops that you can go to. Uh, I've got one just up my street that we used to, you know, when you need something small like bread or milk, you'd always go there. But there's al- there is always a bunch of lads hanging outside and with their bicycles or whatever and as they got older they just they they started hanging out in their cars yeah. and they just they just line up their cars and talk to each other through the windows yeah. it's like haven't you got anywhere else to go <laughs> that's where they have to go <laughs> yeah. what are they called they're not called bodegas right no we just call it like um a mini market mini or market. Okay. a corn shop corn you, shop okay. <laughs> no not we call it the corner shop even though it might not necessarily be on a corner but we just call it the the other thing i loved about growing in the city and just like parks um or just even playing basketball like outside of my building like we used to play basketball on like the fire escape like the fire escape has a ladder that pulls Uh down and you kind of shoot into it so if the park was too many there's too many people in the park we would just stay outside of the building all day and play basketball with the fire escape it's very much a, a U.S. spot. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy considering March Madness and all the craze that goes on here. And imagine a world in which basketball isn't like the highlight. Oh no, football is our uh, but not our football. Like yeah. real, real football with your foot kind of football. That's yeah. the best kind of football. I agree. I'm with Diva on this one. I don't know about y'all, but I'm a soccer per- or football football person. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand the rules of American football, so yeah. it should be called. Isn't it? Isn't the Bangla Bengali people call it handball, right? Instead of football, my dad always talks about because he used to play football in high school, and he he always calls it handball. I think that's a different kind of sport. Is is that rugby instead? I, yeah, I think it's rugby. Handball is the one with the wall, right? Yes, yeah, so I actually so so. So okay, there's, there's, I actually did a lot of research. So handball, there's a couple of handballs. So hand, there's one handball that we, we're Noshin is saying, and that's very prevalent in like inner cities like New York, Miami, Los Angeles, where you, it's like a wall and you hit the ball against the wall, and it's like you know first one that that misses you get a point. Um, so that's handball. There's all, and I got I, I used to play a lot of handball growing up. That's like an inner city thing. I used to, used to be in my high school team and like we traveled all over. It was a lot of fun. 
And I got really excited one day because I saw on the Olympics they had handball. I was like, oh my God, I could be in the Olympics. It's like the only sport I'm really good at. <laughs> and then I looked it up and it's a completely different handball. And it's and there the handball that's in the Olympics, it's basically just like soccer, except you throw it with your hand and you, you like run around and you throw it with your hand. So that's the handball that's in the Olympics. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, this is so many different. Oh, and and in, in the UK they call it fives. Really? Yeah, they call it fives, F-I-V-E-S. And there's different types of fives in in the UK. And yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's really fun. Yeah, and they have, like, they've had like tournaments where they, you know, people from the UK, fives players have come here and people from handball players have gone there. It's really interesting. And it's really based on like the demographics because like in the city, in the inner city, I mean, it's just, you know, lower income people. So it's like, that's why you can always really see a lot of like baseball fields uh, and like the inner city, unless it's like a big school, but because it costs money, you have to have equipment to play baseball. You have to have bats and helmets and all this stuff. Handball yeah. is literally the ball costs a dollar, and you can just go play. True, and you can hit it across the side of a building, even like you don't exactly. form a wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Elmhurst <laughs> probably has a lot of that too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Another sport that comes to mind is swimming. I I remember in high school, um, like we had to do four laps swim four laps in order to graduate um and that was like built into our curriculum and i like did you guys have a lot of swimming pools in in the city i know you have the community pools but how about in your schools perhaps my parents were just extra strict but i'm gonna let y'all in a little fact i can't swim and if you want to know why (laughs) why are you in bengalis in new york sorry nisha (laughs) i just i hope there's no swimming competition coming up soon virtual swimming because um, I would drown. I remember asking my mom one time to swim in the neighborhood pool, and she was like, hey, Shopee, like, you don't have to swim. Just go take a shower. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's so <okay. laughs> That's so funny. How about you, uh, Diva and Notion? Do you know how to swim? Um, I actually learned to swim when I went to Bangladesh. Oh, wow. When we were in the villages, we, we had, obviously, there's a lot of lakes around, um, and during the summer, those those land areas fill up with water and all the kids would jump in off the bridge and learn to swim. So that summer that I was in Bangladesh, I learned to swim, but it was quite shallow water. Mm. So I, I feel fine in shallow water, but I don't feel like I could swim in like the open sea. I still have this fear of drowning. Yeah, I mean, we, we had to learn in order to graduate. But, but you know, I really wish I pulled the... <laughs> The Muslim card because I had this Muslim girl in my class who like frankly wasn't that practicing but she pulled the Muslim card of oh I can't like show too much skin so I can't swim and she got out of it so that could have been me if I played my cards right but well, it's a good skill to have it's a very- yeah yeah exactly I regret it it's a good yeah that that reminds me of beaches and I, I think like city beaches and and sur- like suburban beaches that we have access to are so different like when I think of beaches in New York City I think of Coney Island, yeah. which is super packed. Yeah, and it used to be really dirty, and now it's getting better. But it, like in the nineties, it was it was so like so dirty, like crack infected. Like it was just you would go there in the in the daytime, but not at night without other like without a lot of other people. It was so dangerous, right? Oh wow, was that somewhere you went a lot since you yeah. were? In- Okay. Yeah, yeah. I used to go there a lot, especially when family came. We should take them there. Um, but yeah, we should, me and my friends. We should go. We should take the trains and go to Coney Island a lot. But, and it, yeah, now it's actually, now I go, you know, I've gone back recently and it's, it's actually a lot cleaner. Um, they've done a lot. They've done a lot with that area, but 
you know, but going back to swimming pools. So I have there was a swimming pool in in my in Sunset Park, uh, Brooklyn, and in the nineties it was so bad. Nineties early two thousands it was so bad that I I'm not even exaggerating. We went we we went one time and like on the way there was a murder. After we were done swimming, coming out there was another one. We we're like, what the hell? We thought it was the same. We thought it was like the same ambulance, and then we realized it was a different ambulance. Like. That's how bad oh, wow. it was. Like Brooklyn in the nineties was like really bad. Like yeah. it was it was really bad. Like and I don't know. It, it, now it's like now I'm hearing I was talking to a, I think actually somebody that came on the podcast talking about you know real estate and areas that are hot and talking about Sunset Park. And I was just like, wow, really? Sunset Park is like is a it's prime real estate now and like in the nineties it was like all gangs and murder murder and murders. Right. And it feels like New York City is getting so much more gentrified and like population is definitely shifted a lot in the past 10 years even. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I put up a, a Twitter status the other day and it's, and we talked about this, um, uh, Deba, and I am really curious about how it is in the UK, but all of these areas where Bengalis have moved into are now really expensive and Bengalis are being priced out. So I find it yep. really interesting. Um, LIC is a perfect example. I used to live in LIC, but you know, I lived in like, I lived in like, I guess like the luxury apartments. But like LIC used to be like, and oh, no, probably when you lived in New York, no machine. LIC used to have a lot of Bengali people, a lot, and now it's very, very little because they all came in, they cleaned up the neighborhoods, and now they 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 got priced out a few years ago, and now they're like in their Long Island and they're in you know, Queen, other parts of Queens, maybe Jamaica, but they got completely got priced out of LIC. So what I know of um, that sort of similar scenario in London, I guess they're not being priced out. If they've been there for many, many, many years, um, unless they give it up, it's still theirs. Now, if they moved out, I don't think anybody could afford to move back into London because the house prices and property prices have raised so high now. Um, so I think that's a little bit different to okay. what's happening in New York. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it's similar because like, well, so what I'm saying is, so yeah, some of the people that did come to a point where they're like, wow, I could make all this money from my house. So they decide to leave, but the newer group of immigrants that come in from Bangladesh, they can't afford that. Right? No. They're just coming in, whereas they were able to do that in like the nineties, um, because you know prices were still so low. Yeah, uh, I'm curious, um, Nisha. What do you know? What made your parents leave like downstate? Yeah, so um, I'm for a couple years. My dad actually got a job in Albany. He still works at Global Foundries. So basically, what he would do is while we lived in Poughkeepsie, he would commute. Uh, every every couple of days from Albany to Poughkeepsie, stay with us for a couple of days, and then go back to Albany in an apartment shared with his worker. Um, so then eventually my sister got a scholarship somewhere to, in um, for University of Albany. So we all decided we're just going to move to Albany. And at that point, a lot of Bengali people were leaving Poughkeepsie. Um, they were kind of like moving towards Albany. That's where all like the um, parties were. That's where that's where everybody's communities were moving. So we just decided we were going to go along with it. So at first I hated Albany because Poughkeepsie was such a small town. Everybody knew each other. And then in Albany, it's like someone may know you for one day and then the next day they're like off to the next person. 
I think a lot of people move out of suburbia to kind of fulfill the American dream, at least for our parents' generation, of having a home or, like you were saying, Cam, they realize that they're not getting a good investment by just continuously paying rent in in the city, so let's move out and buy a home. Um, But it's interesting because you see a lot of parents who feel like they've they've completed all their life goals once they finish paying off a house and they're they like it's night and day the difference in their once they are like okay yeah i'm a i'm a homeowner now yeah you know i find that really interesting and i've noticed this in my neighborhood that i grew up in brooklyn and i don't know if it's the case everywhere but this is what i've noticed i've noticed that when so some of the people that you know, so the, most of these neighbors in Brooklyn, the neighborhood in Brooklyn that I grew up in wasn't that great. But then once, I, I guess the affluent people that had like, you know, uh, white collar jobs, made uh, decent money, they were at once they were able to afford to leave um, and buy a house like in Long Island or even other parts of Queens, they did. But the people that stuck around in those neighborhoods, um, and those are the you know taxi drivers, uh, people that work construction. They actually, they actually are the ones that made out made out better because their property value skyrocketed, um, whereas the house values in like Long Island and other parts of Queens went up. But the house the house prices in Kensington, which is the area that I'm talking about, like they it skyrocketed, um, right. and so they like these people like literally became instant millionaires. Um, whereas like again, the people that left and they're looking back like, wow, look, these houses were like not these you know. Uh, apartment buildings and houses were nothing and now they're like you know multi-million dollars uh so i always found that interesting so the people that like really were successful they left and they kind of lost out on this huge boom in real estate prices but that that's only if they they bought the house or yeah. owned property not if they're renting right correct. yeah that's yeah good. correct oh yeah I mean, a lot of these people a lot of people what they did was um you know they uh you know taxi drivers they saved up as much as they can put you know saved up five percent and you know, rented out every single room. You know, rented out the basement, even if they weren't allowed to, and just did what they needed to do. And now they're just sitting on this, you know, incredible asset. You know, so it's it's it's. A, I mean, that's a, in itself. That's like the, that's become like the American dream. So, what did you guys? What did you guys in the suburbs do for fun? So, like for movies and stuff. Did you? Uh, were there like movie theaters nearby? What did you guys do for fun? Yeah, I mean, movie theaters were definitely a thing. I would say malls is that's the first thing that comes to mind you just walk around whether you shopped or not didn't matter you just meet your friends there um and you know now that i think of it the city doesn't have that many malls right like there's qcm there's manhattan mall now they have brookfield um and the oculus but yeah, yeah. You, you guys just have so many more places to hang out than us yeah so there was one mall near me in brooklyn called atlantic center and that is actually where Barclays center is now and it was literally like it was like a Caldor, a Marshalls, Old Navy. It like it was. You're absolutely right. It was like nothing. It was like four stores, um, and that's where sometimes we would go. But now that area is like Barclays Center is literally like this huge mall slash entertainment center. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We didn't have malls. Like it was just like hanging out outside. Like I don't. I don't like. I should go to Toronto and see like these massive malls. And they just didn't exist here. On on the weekend, we would go to the state parks here. But it sucks because you have to pay to get in. Yeah, you have to pay eight dollars to park your car for the whole day. Mm. Um, but it's interesting because there's actually a lot of city folk that come out. Like Bengalis have this thing, at least uh, here I notice, where we like to host picnics 
And sometimes there are buses, like coach buses, filled with people coming from the city to come to this one picnic out in Long Island, go back the same day. So it's, it's kind of funny to like see them all come in with their, they have these huge duffel bags like ready for a day out in the suburbs and then they go back. How about you, Diva? Uh, we we had the like we call it the city center, which I guess is where all the shops are. So we had that area, uh, but to meet friends, yeah, we had we had the cinema, so we'd we'd go and watch a film. Um, otherwise, you just go around to your friends' houses, um, obviously, which made it difficult when you were younger. If it, like my friends' parents used to drop me off in their car, my parents never drove, so I couldn't. I couldn't really go anywhere mm. and that's why as soon as I turned 17 I got my driving license because I was like I need to get a car so I can go to places um so yeah it was just mainly in friends houses is where we chilled out is there public transportation uh, in Bradford yeah there is but there was always this um I wouldn't say it was that safe when I was growing up it's much mm. better now and also, I don't know about you guys, but Bengali parents are so overprotective and they were just like, oh no, you know, there's bad people outside, don't go out in the dark. And I think that's the difference between the suburb and the city. The city, you could be out at 10 p.m. and it's it's lively and people around and it feels perfectly fine. But here, everything shuts down after six o'clock. So the streets are very quiet. Yeah, you know, that's overprotective thing. That's really interesting. I, I didn't really notice that growing up much. I don't know, maybe because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy, but because my parents used to, just, we used to just, I used to just be out all day. And I don't even know if my parents knew where I was. And, and, <laughs> and Brooklyn wasn't even safe. So we used to just be out riding our bikes all over, all over Brooklyn, like taking the bus. This, I, if I had a son and I, my son was doing that kind of stuff right now, I would have a heart attack. Yeah, um, I it's just such a different, and it's just interesting too. When you get older, you just have more fear of things. I literally, I remember riding my bike to literally the worst parts of Brooklyn and just playing pickup handball and basketball with random people. And now I, I'd probably be scared to do that now. Yeah, it's fun because <laughs> you don't know the risks. There's yeah. a there's a, uh, there's a like a main very busy road right down at the bottom of my street and there's a bridge that goes over the road to the other side and the other side was where the school is and um i used to try and climb the bridge up up the side of it like not where you're meant to go up the stairs but like on the edge where past the barrier um obviously my mum wasn't watching me do this um <laughs> i used to go up one side and then down the other wow yeah you shouldn't don't don't tell your mom now I w- obviously any child doing that now would drag them down but yeah i did that myself <laughs> yeah nisha did you do you do you go to uh uh canada a lot i think i just oh, feel like people my. that live in Tor- uh, albany go to canada a lot i feel like i have all of my bengali relatives somehow end up in canada the same time we do i have been to canada more times than i should have been um Gosh, it's like my second home because I used to go there basically every summer when my sisters lived with me still. And my, honestly, I can say I semi-enjoyed it. Obviously, the part where we were all crammed in a tiny car with Birani in the background and Mangshost in the car. You know, we can't eat at restaurants. We have to eat at my mom's food, obviously. Um, And I did enjoy Canada for 
the amusement park rides, uh, like the Skywheel, that was definitely a huge thing for me. Was it Wonder World? Is it Wonder World? I think there's like this huge walkway where the Guinness World Records, um, and then there's like a wax museum there. Yeah, you know what? One thing I I did like uh, was uh, Niagara Falls, but but the not the American side. I hate it. I don't know why they don't fix the American side. The Canadian side is so much better. Yeah, I went to the American side too, and it's so much. It's less climactic than the uh, Canadian side, hundred percent. Yeah, there's nothing there. I don't know why they don't they don't fix up the American side. It sucks because the American side is where the actual nice falls are, but you have to go on the Canadian side to see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's interesting. That's true. And but you have to go to Brooklyn Bridge Park to see it. Like... Yeah. <laughs> did you go to Niagara Falls, Diva? I did. I went. I went on the Canadian side. Yeah. So I went to Toronto and then I went to um, see the falls. It was it's spectacular. Yeah, it's like a party there. They have casinos, they have rides, they have all this stuff. And you come to the American side, and it's like depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and those big outlet malls too. Mm, outlet malls. Oh, there, was that a thing for you guys? That's that, really- that became a recent thing. But mm. it's it's kind of great. You just go and buy a lot of stuff for factory. Mm. Mm. So they the outlets became a thing as soon as one of my friends started to drive. Like... And that then it then was like oh my god wow there were these outlets and then we should go to Woodbury Commons, um, that was like the only outlet we knew right. Woodbury Commons and I think it actually is the biggest outlet and yeah we should just we should make like a day out of it it was just like every few months go to Woodbury Commons. Well, are there outlets? Are there outlets in the UK? Yeah, there are many, um, but they're a good drive away. I'd say the nearest one to me is at least an hour and a half drive mm. um or an hour drive there's one in york uh so yeah it's not until i was driving that i was going to these places mm. what were you guys what were your first jobs did, did any of you have like normal just like you know jobs and minimum wage jobs um as your first job like working at a store or a retail I I started at this little call center and you had to call up old people and try and sell them mattresses. And I literally lasted three hours and I walked out and I said, I don't think I'm coming back. This isn't for me. I didn't like it at all. And then, no, but I I didn't want to sell it to them. I didn't want to feel like I was ripping old people off. Um, My actual first job was in a retail store called Next, which you guys don't have in the US. But it's a big retail store here. Oh, what kind of, what's our, what's like the <laughs> store we have here? It's like H&M? It was, I, I mean, I'm such a big fan of clothes. Um, I don't know if you can tell just yet, but um, uh, so yeah, it was, it was great. It was, I, I went to, so we call it a uh, sixth form, which is age 16, 17, uh, when I was doing my A levels, and then Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, I used to work at Next. Mm. How about you, Notion? Yeah, I I worked at the library, um, and it was really close to my house and my school. So I would just walk there after school, and they would just have me like shuffle books and put them back on the shelf. It's kind of fun for for a first job, um, but yeah, a lot of my friends would just come and hang out there after school, anyways. So I would just like talk during my shift. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of fun 
I miss it. I would enjoy so, that. That's a cool job working at the library. I think I would really enjoy that. So next is probably like Gap. Gap, okay. But um, it has uh, formal wear as well, whereas Gap is, I guess, a lot of casual wear. But um, yeah, that's the closest I can think of right now. I, I worked at Bloomingdale's uh, for, I think, my in college, maybe like sophomore year, Bloomingdale's. And I, I tr- my first job was selling shoes, women's shoes. And I despised oh, yeah. it. So I was like Al, ben- Al Bundy from Married with Children. I don't know if you know that show. But anyway, I was, uh, I hated it, despised it. So then I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to sell shoes. So then I asked them to put me in the stock room. And that was, a, that was just so much fun because the stock room was basically just like a bunch of dudes just hanging out, talking trash. And that was a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, I mean, it got paid nothing and stuff, but I, was just, I, actually, I remember having a lot of fun and I, and I missed that kind of stuff. Um, but I, and then I worked at a restaurant for a while, like a restaurant in Port Authority Bus Terminal. I worked mm-hmm. there for like four years. That was, a, that was also a lot of work. Sometimes I think about like the amount of work I used to do at those places versus like, you know, now you're sitting in an office just typing and it's like, it doesn't even compare. So every time right. I find myself com- complaining, I'm like, oh man, at least I don't have to take out the trash. One know? thing about, and I'll tell you this, and I, everybody that works at restaurants has really in- nasty restaurant stories. But I'll, and yeah. I don't like hearing them, but I, I think it's interesting. I, so about I think, the, the yeah, customer? Like, no, not customers, but like food. It makes me yeah. makes me really want maybe not want to eat at restaurants, but maybe I shouldn't tell you. Oh, whatever, I already started it. So it, we <laughs> we had pizza. Okay, the restaurant we had it was, we sold pizza, and I was there for four years. There was not a single time when the pizza the when the when the cheese wasn't overdue. The uh, cheese was uh-oh. expired the entire time. But the funny thing, but the but the funny thing is, like, there sometimes it was like blue, like the cheese was blue, like it would turn like you know it's not supposed to be blue. But the funny, but you know, I used to eat it, like you know. But as soon as you like it melted, it turned back to normal color, and I used to eat it. But I feel like this company you should get like expired cheese for cheaper or something. Oh. Like, for, and yeah, the entire, I'm sure they still are. They're still around. Zaro's bread basket. I hope they don't sue us. <laughs> you'll see them all over like grand central and port authority they have them they probably still are buying expired cheese yikes yeah no new york is super super special like city pizzas typically like out here we buy like papa john's or domino's out in the suburbs but there's something about the one dollar slice that'll get to you yeah, absolutely. There's a huge difference. What's the what's the pizza chains in the UK? Diva? Um, I think our biggest like chain is Pizza Hut. You oh, guys, okay. yeah, Pizza Hut, uh, Domino's, and uh, Pizza Express. I don't think you guys have Pizza Express. No, no. that's more um restaurant. Like uh, you, you go in and sit in and have the pizza, and it's more of a restaurant setting as opposed to uh like a one dollar slice kind of thing yeah you know what's really funny is when when you go to pizza huts in in fish like with your relatives when you're visiting they yeah. dress up like <laughs> it in american clothes and they out of all times when they go to pizza hut is the one time that they'll actually bring out forks and knives to eat their pizza and i'm like okay this is the one food that you can actually 
you have to use your hands to eat. Like I get like Bangladeshi people eat with your hands, but they're like, no, like we want to eat. I'm like, no, you can't eat with a fork and a knife. That's so funny. Oh, it's interesting learning about you know the different ways that you all grew up. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I would say like Bradford has such a high population of um, Pakistani immigrant people, and it's 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 such a bubble, um, and almost our South Asian culture has taken over the city. Um, and I I remember not. I didn't have any white friends or English friends till I went to university. Wow. And that's I live in England. Wow, that's really that's fascinating. Yeah. And I um so until you get out of the city and start working a little bit further afield, you get to meet different people with different perspectives, but it's very much a cultural bubble. So your high school was majority brown people? Yes. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, mm. I, I wonder, you know, so was there a lot of racism from the... Um, there know. definitely was when I was growing up. There definitely was. Um, but then in the schools, because the majority of people were brown, I almost felt like they were being racist towards the white kids. <laughs> and they, they were the minority. Um, and then obviously once you come out of school and you go to town, like we call it the town or, you know, the city centre, then you would feel that racism. You would feel that um, cultural difference. Wow. They also had, they, obviously the white people had this, um, not hatred, but this feeling towards all these uh, Pakistani people that had come in and taken over their city almost like, you know, why are you here kind of thing. Do you think some of that is warranted? I'm not trying to defend racism, but do you think some of that is warranted? I can I can understand in my city it, it feels overwhelming to them. Like one time it was their city and now all they see is brown people. Um, and because it's such a strong community, you've got all the curry smells coming from the houses, all the... Um, and, and I'll tell you another thing, which I just remember, which is quite funny. You know how sometimes uh, brown people have a slight accent? Yeah, and I've noticed this in America as well. Even though you speak American, there's a slight mix between, you know, the Bangladeshi American accent. Yeah. The white people started to sound like the Pakistani people. <laughs> so they speak, the little white kids speak with the Pakistani Bradford accent, which is hilarious to watch. That's so funny. They're probably, <laughs> probably, they probably get some really mad. The parents <laughs> maybe that's really interesting yeah i mean i don't think I, maybe warranted is the wrong word but i kind of do empathize with people that would just be like damn what happened to my community you know that i'm used to yeah um, like I, I could get that uh, i could understand why somebody would feel like a little weird about it and then in more recent days uh, we've had a lot of eastern european come into our into into this city and it's funny now the brown people are like why are all these eastern exactly. europeans over, taken over yeah exactly that's exactly what i'm saying i mean just think about if like in think about in Bangladesh, if somebody if like a whole group of polish people just started to come in and like, yeah i mean how would how would they be treated yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so this was interesting. It was a good conversation. I learned a lot about Bradford and Albany and uh, Suffolk County. So this is interesting. Thanks for coming and talking about your how you grew up. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye. The red and green I bleed is always in my heart I, I do it for my people, always in my thoughts I gotta be honest With diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah Bengalis in New York All over the world, uh, it's the bony show uh, Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit to the gangs we with It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh I said, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang